Are we allowed to? Is this a non-swearing podcast, or Absolutely. do you swear? Absolutely not. We swear a lot. We don't swear a lot, but we let it go. This is an R-rated okay. movie. We have an R-rated podcast. Oh, we're advocating shit. for an R-rated <laughs> R-rated world. But I don't know what's so when you guys when you guys get to Last Crusade, which is PG thirteen, you get to say fuck oh. one time. You know, by MPA oh, rules. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's the MPA rules. PG thirteen means you get to say one. I thought it was. I thought it was two non-sexual fucks. Oh, baby, it's two, you. It's always <laughs> been the, the one. I don't know. They always shoot Wait, more is, one is in. True. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, it's the only kind I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we carefully dissect the movie Alien one minute at a time. I'm John Ingle, and I'm Mitch Bryan, and today we're looking at minute one oh eight which begins with Ripley slowly starting to peek out at the alien and ends with her moving around in the closet. I'm not exactly sure what she's doing in there, but she's moving around she's in the closet. She's kind of moving around. All right, and uh, it's Wednesday, but uh, strangely, we have new guests on a Wednesday. We have the Indiana Jones Minute crew here. We have Tom Taylor, Pete Mummert, and Jerry Porter. Uh, how are you guys doing tonight? Oh, we're doing great. Great. Thanks, Thanks for having us. I, I just want to say one thing. Jonesy, uh, you beat us to it exactly. We got to we get to get a Jones here. Jones the cat, and I got to tell you, I'm glad you're here because I haven't heard your voices in a while, and I'm having some Aww. kind of weird Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah. minute withdrawal, which may be a bona fide psychological podcast malady now in this universe. <laughs> we hope so. So it's nice to hear all your voices. It, it's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. I feel like I feel like I know you. Yeah, ever, like your friends. Yeah, ever, really since, ever since you guys I think went this on is hiatus, the first time we've talked to each other. What's that? I'm sorry. That I think all this of you is the first three time have? we've talked to each other since uh, <laughs> really? we since we ended Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we're exactly like the Eagles. We hate each other. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Porter's on. F yeah. that guy. We we all take our yeah. own jet to the podcast. I'm actually being dubbed in later. <laughs> well, luckily we're paying you very handsomely for this hell freezes over version of alien minute that's so. what it takes so pete is it true you'd never seen the movie before yeah when i was a kid i i wasn't allowed to see these kinds of movies i was i was young enough and i think over the years i developed kind of a mental block everyone talked about how scary and, and horrifying this movie was and somehow I, I never saw it and so i just watched it for the first time a couple weeks ago well what did you think you know, it, when I watched it, I, I can't say it was necessarily pleasant. The, the experience was completely pleasant while I watched it. And after, right, right after I watched it, Tom was like, what do you think? What do you think? And I was like, I, I'm not sure yet. But like it's set, now that it sat with me for a couple of weeks, I absolutely loved it. It, it took a little while to marinate. But I, the more I think about it and the more that it just kind of hits harder and harder. Did you know about most of the stuff that was going to happen and, you know, the iconography of the, you know, chest thing and the alien head and all that stuff? Or was or were, were you pretty divorced from it all? I knew about like I knew about the kind of like the chest cavity, like breaking out of the chest and some of the stuff. And I, I knew what the alien looked like. But I did like some of the things, you know, like Ash being a, a, a robot. I did not know. Oh, and, and that, cool. That was wow. incredible. Yeah. And, and it was a total reveal to you when the head came off. Or did yeah, you kind of start to get the idea before that? No, I, I didn't see it coming at all. And oh it, when God. it happened, I was just I was floored. 
You're I'm so, so relieved lucky. I didn't say anything. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm jealous, so yeah, it, it man. still works. Yeah, it still works. Jerry, did you see it a long time ago? Uh, I I grew up in Alien was, you know, for a long time, the subject of myriad slumber parties. Um, and I never saw it uh, as a kid. And so I always felt like I was missing out. But I did know about the elongated head. And, of course the famous uh, chest cavity scene that everybody at the cafeteria table reenacted <laughs> and <laughs> but i you know and i had to sit around and be like oh yeah 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 that was really gross but i had never seen it <laughs> and my good friend tom taylor uh i think forced me to watch it but it was late like maybe when i was 28 <laughs> or something <laughs> And uh, then I completely forgot about it, and I literally watched it last night. And it, and and it's a great movie. It's a great movie. I like. Uh, uh, I uh, although I had seen it, I completely forgot that Ash was a robot. And when his head gets lopped off at first, I'm like, "Oh my god, that's disgusting!" <laughs> <laughs> and I just. I, it was like I had seen the movie. I was watching the movie for the first time because I, I remembered very little of it at all. And, and it's great. It's really, really well done. And I get why it's uh, such a popular movie and a cult classic. It, it does still hold up. I mean, it feels pretty immediate. Even, you know, I mean, obviously the hairstyles are always a giveaway. You always can tell when a movie was made by the <laughs> hairstyles. But, but otherwise, it's pretty timeless. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, yeah, and the, the like the treatment with just how um, it's just done well. Everything's quiet, and space is like uh, dark and cold and shitty. Yeah, and <laughs> you're like, oh yeah, that's space. That's what space was like in 1979. That's what space is like today. Right. Yeah, and I I love that quiet too. Like it just it seemed like it just starts off with such a slow burn, and they just let it build and build and develop. And it 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 seemed very extraordinary. Like it it, it I don't I can't think of a lot of movies that have come out recently that felt like this. And I just loved sort of the the expansive quiet that you sit through and it, it just builds into you. Oh, like half the movie is a heartbeat. <laughs> and you know I I it, it dawned on me like is that mine. <laughs> and then towards the end there's like r r near minute 108 uh there's like this really strange mechanical clicking or ticking that takes over in place of the heartbeat that's like friend it's like faster and mechanical and it's just creepy and I don't know. We talk about like in the Indiana Jones minute about like, oh, they don't make movies like this. They don't make them like they used to. And if if they're made today, everybody would have like a stupid quip when somebody dies or the alien, whatever, you know, happens. They'd say, ah, oh, go back to hell, you son of a bitch. But it's <laughs> it's quiet and serious. No, it's true. The only other movie I can think of that feels like this is 2001, you know. Because it's sure. yeah. quiet, and I actually showed that last night uh, to about 30 students, only maybe five or six of whom had ever seen the movie before, and nobody had ever seen it on a gigantic screen. 
you know, and, awesome. and, and they're in my class, so they have to stay there, right? So you close all the doors <laughs> and you make them turn off their phones. And it is it is so interesting to just kind of feel this weird tension that gets generated just by silence and breathing and, you know, just that, that again, space is pretty shitty in 2001 as well, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's almost I, the enemy. Yeah. It's definitely the enemy in 2001 when poor guy has to blast himself out of this one ship into the other one <laughs> without a helmet. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I was thinking of 2001 after the the whole Ash reveal as I was uh, kind of got me thinking about Hal. And I was I kept wondering, like, 2001, should I have seen this coming? And, like, I was wondering if there were a lot of clues that kind of, you know, oh, should I have seen he was an android? Should I have seen... You know, something was going on and it, like, it completely I didn't catch it. But I, I, I'm curious now to go back and watch it again and see what all jumps out. Well, you might have been misdirected even a little bit by Mother, the actual computer. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of hints at Mother being like how just kind of with little things like composition when they'll go inside of Mother and they'll sit down and they'll uh, go to interface with her. And they'll line up a very Kubrickian uh, symmetrical shot of the interface, you know, and it'll make you think of Hal's eye. And, yeah. uh, you know, coming off the heels of 2001, being as similar to 2001 in tone as it is, they were very savvy. They, I think they understood that they would be making these hints towards to the audience, kind of winking at the audience, maybe going like, hey, maybe this is this is going to be the problem here. Mother, they t- keep talking about this mother. And uh-huh. you're misdirected maybe a little bit into thinking that's the howl. All the while, you get this dude walking around looking all like a person who's actually the howl. So it's yeah. a good little bit of misdirect there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Tom, what, what what's going on over there? You're over there in the corner so quiet. Well, I saw the movie or I've seen the movie since I was a kid. I, I know this thing already. I talked to you guys about that guy, Ash, already. No, I'm, I I'm, I love hearing these guys talk about, uh, you know, they're, they're, I love, I love that neither of them knew about Ash. And uh, Jer benefits from having like a kind of, uh, he's got like a movie eternal sunshine kind of thing. Like he just forgets movies. So he gets to enjoy them for the first time every time. That's kind of awesome. I'm nice quality. Jealous. Yeah, well, it's it's kind of funny, Tom, because you were a big Ash fan. Like you're, that yeah, was I, lo- what, I still am. Yeah, we said, hey, come on the show. What do you want to talk about? You said Ash immediately. So it's kind of funny <laughs> that your partners here, they didn't know they got the full and they didn't Ash experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you know it's funny. Like even as I was listening to the show, you know, all the way through, like up to now, um, and you guys talk a lot about Ash, and like you have to talk about him, sort of like two ways like as just a weird guy on the ship or as you know as someone who's seen the movie you know that he's an alien or not an alien uh, an android and uh you know trying to judge him in both ways constantly and uh and i always like bristle a little bit when you're kind of like harsh on him i'm like oh come on ash is awesome ash is like he's like evil spock in a way he's like if you were if you were on your side he'd be the greatest guy to have on your side in a way just because he's like so cold and like straight shooting and smart and uh, and he's Ian Holm. He's he's Bilbo Baggins. He's you know, come on, he's awesome. Would you? Say Holy Tom. shit! <laughs> oh no! Of course, of course. <laughs> oh my god! I... <laughs> I I knew he looked vaguely familiar. <laughs> That's great. Hey, wait, Jer, Jer, Jer. He's also Napoleon in Time Bandits. Does that do anything? Oh my God! No way, he is. I had no idea, but he is. He's also Sam Lowry's boss in Brazil. 
Does that do yeah, that's right. <laughs> it keeps going on. He's a lot of iconic roles from that guy. That's hilarious. <laughs> I can't believe that. I'm having fun. Well, there was somebody, <laughs> one of our guests said that Lord of the Rings was ruined for them because they had oh. seen Alien before and they couldn't <laughs> believe that Bilbo Baggins wasn't like a, an android, so they could never get into the movie. <laughs> I love hanging out with movie guys. <laughs> uh, me too. That's so much fun. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's specifically happening in this minute. Oh, but can we talk oh, about what happens sorry. about uh, about thirty seconds or fifteen seconds before we get to this minute? Because sure, this is what everybody's want. talking about. So, hey, Pete, did you think somebody was going to do a strip tease in this movie? <laughs> yeah, well, that that I've heard Tom talk about. So, oh, that, that's, of course, that's I, was ready, I was ready hey, for. But no, I'm not going to spoil anything but, about this movie, man. But she takes her clothes off. I'll just tell you that part. Yeah, I, I, I was curious where this was going. It, 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 but it, you know, this whole scene, this whole minute, feels so invasive and so like violating. And I think like that again, sort of misdirection. You know, it's kind of okay. Now we can calm down. Like she's just getting ready to for bed. She's taking her clothes off, and I think that really, again, was another great misdirection, and then another kind of just slam you against the wall. Yeah, it is certainly a a grand distraction. I think it really does make you. Although, if you have the presence of mind to stop looking and kind of go, why why is this movie still going on? If she's that's my question. Yeah, like does do you think anybody? <laughs> in the, I mean, Mitch, you've talked about how you saw this in the theater. You know, when when it was first out, and I mean, did. Did you have the? I don't, maybe you don't remember, but did you have the sense that oh shit, the movie's not over? Oh my god, like she's just doing stuff. She's hanging out after the end of the movie. What's good? Someone's gonna ha- like was yeah. Was there any sense that the movie's over and she's gonna tuck herself in and people go into were cryo sleep, gro- groaning with dread because the okay. cause the music stops and so then you think okay, that was a nice you know beautiful kind of end to that music cue. What? Why did the music stop? And why is the movie still going? You know. So yeah, there was this real creeping sense of, of it's not over yet. And yeah, of course the I I still just am so impressed by the fact that that damn creature is there during the entire scene. It's right there. You know. Now yeah. once you know it's there, you can look and from the time that she walks into the shuttle, it's there, and it just is so nicely camouflaged. Well, now now I had a question specifically about this. Does the alien speak English? <laughs> well, <laughs> like because because he like he's in the air ducts, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he hears like does he hear T minus 10 minutes? And he's like, oh, I got to get the hell out of here to the escape shuttle. This is actually a really good question. We've talked a little bit about this that um you know, the geography of the ship as it's established here in the last 20 minutes or so, and then his, the alien's position between Ripley and the shuttle at that one point, and then he's, he or she or it is not there anymore when she comes back, right? And the discussion became, well, where did it go? It had to have gone straight to the shuttle. So it actually beats her to the shuttle, obviously. So how did it know to do that? And it's, you're right. Like it's maybe well, it understood those, what was being said. And there's all those horns going off, and you got to figure it's getting yeah. it's getting hotter in there. And it, you know, it's got to figure maybe that's well, it's either luck or smarts. I don't know which one it is. It's sur- it's so level he, of he, survivalist like instinct and capabilities, both physiologically and probably instinctually, are just beyond our understanding. That's part of what makes it so scary. Like we don't know what it is that why does it have acid for blood? That's crazy. That's evolutionarily brilliant <laughs> as far as protecting yourself. 
Um, why is it able to make its way through? Why does it grow so fast? All these things are so mysterious. And then how can it be like preternaturally aware of something that like human, like a human voice saying T minus 10 minutes or whatever. It's all, <laughs> it all contributes to the fear factor that you, it's so alien that you just never know what it's going to do next. And I was going to well, say, like, maybe you guys have talked about this already, and I apologize, but, like, you know, the fact it's super weird that he's, like, tucked into the wall and he's been hiding for, you know, minutes now, like, waiting to spring himself on her. I'm like, why, is he, why isn't he just, like, going after her the second she comes in there? And now I'm thinking, from what you're saying, like, oh, maybe he knows, I'm saying he, but whatever, maybe he knows that he has to let her get that shuttle away from the ship that's going to it. Like, does he know all of that? Is that, like, no. why he's hiding in there? I know why. He knows he's stuck because I had the same question. You're like, this, I mean, this motherfucker can move as fast as he wants and he understands English and he already gets there that quickly. And I was like, A, he's allowing his mouth juices to kind of mix. <laughs> and that's why he's moving so slowly <laughs> here because he wants to get a real good admixture. And B, she starts stripping. <laughs> so he hangs on until the show is over, right? That's a yeah. good. Yeah. That could be. That could be. He was about I mean, to pounce, and then he's like, oh, wait, wait a second. Hang oh, on. ho, ho. <laughs> Porky's in space. <laughs> well, and I, and I wondered, like, just in general, and this is more a broad question, like, before everybody piles on me and you goes, you dumbass, is this a horror movie? You asshole. Yeah, oh, sorry. Dumbass. <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> no, or, it's a, or is it a sci like is it a sci-fi thriller that has elements of horror? And the reason I'm asking is because having the protagonist, especially a female, in these horror films. There's frequently a scene where they're either naked or, uh, you know, scantily clad. And then then the enemy or the bad guy or Michael Myers, whoever, Jason shows up. Yeah, it's a horror movie. And so it's, is that this? Is that what they're doing here? I think so. I think it, that it's kind of tipping its hand and some might even say too much by by doing that but yeah i think so i think it's a horror movie and i think that i don't know i think that that this is sort of its cheapest moment you know in a way it's most and it's <laughs> yeah. most nightmarish moment too this is like that you know this is the extra ending so maybe it's all a dream maybe she really did blow it up and she fell asleep <laughs> and this is just a nightmare <laughs> that she had while she was sleeping you know this is definitely to me classified as a horror movie first set in a sci-fi setting and you're and it's again, I think it's part of the misdirect. You start the movie in a science fiction film and it slowly becomes a horror film. And to me, though, one of the problems I have with horror as a genre often is the tropiness of it. It's a little it tends to go too tropey for me. And I like more subtle, nuanced, thought out horror films. They're horror films, but they're not reliant upon super familiar tropes blown out of proportion. And in this case, 99% of this movie is a horror film that is done subtly. There are two points that I contend with a little bit, and we talked about a long time ago. Brett wandering off to find Jones <laughs> is a little tropey mm. for me. It's mm. okay, but it's where I kind of, it's the first time in the movie where my eyes sort of roll back and I kind of go, oh, jeez. 
And then her stripping is a is a pretty big one for me. I'm not a big fan of it. I, I I don't have a huge problem with it, but I'm not a big fan. I feel like it's a little late in the game for it. And I think that it is tipping its hand way too much. So it takes away a little bit of, uh, from the subtlety of the film to me as far as being well, a horror film. What's weird is is the all the tropes you're you're mentioning like yeah like the the one guy wandering off when he obviously shouldn't and the girl getting naked like I immediately think of like you know Halloween and Friday the 13th which almost weren't even out yet were they? I mean was this a horror trope going even before those kind of slasher films or I don't know if Friday the 13th not had, Friday the 13th, but Halloween had Halloween come out. or did it come out but like a Just year after. earlier or something. Or no, it was 78, wasn't it? was 78, it? Yeah, yeah. So Halloween had come out. But, you know, if you go back to... Mitch, tell me if I'm wrong. Like old Val Luton movies, people would wander off too, right? Like it's yeah. classic horror trope. Yeah. They wouldn't, um, they wouldn't, do, it, they wouldn't do it naked. Usually, no. But, you know. <laughs> Although what's I, na- I she does I, get into a swimming suit and jump into the pool, so there's that little sexy thing in cat people. <laughs> the reason I asked the question is because, and I'm not knocking the horror genre at all, but just jumping into Alien and watching it last night, I thought to myself, well, this is so much more than just a horror flick. Yeah. And then they go back to a few of those scenes, like exactly what you said, and it seems all of a sudden like it's interrupted by a horror flick. I think that's totally true. And yeah. I, I think that even with this last chunk of it, this second ending or whatever, the bar had already kind of been raised by Carrie had already come out. And I think Dario Argento had done mm-hmm. a couple of his movies. And so it was starting to become a convention that the movie can't just end. It has to have this extra ending on it. That was actually my question is it, it I couldn't think of a lot of movies that came before this. Like it seems like now a lot of horror movies, like you get close to the end and it, you really, they get your, your guard down and you relax. You're like, okay, it's all over. And then they grab you one more time. And I was trying to think, like, were there examples of that before this? And that's a couple of good ones. Yeah, and Straw Dogs had done it, too. There's a yeah. there's a false ending mm-hmm. in that that I had completely forgotten about until I watched the movie not long ago, and it really got me because I totally forgot about it. You know, they say Carrie, I think we even mentioned this already on the show a few weeks ago, but Carrie kind of set the standard, though. Once De Palma did the double ending in Carrie, and then he would go on to do it in Dress to Kill as well, uh, people felt oh, yeah. responsible to do it. Almost like, oh no, that's what the, people are expecting this too much. So now we got to do it, and that would come. An alien would come on the heels of that. Now I have never heard Ridley Scott say that he felt responsible to do it. Have you, Mitch? Well, yeah, did he, I, mean, it, he uh, didn't not responsible, but he said he had to have that's this right. ending. The, you're he, right. He, he did say that. Never mind. He fought really hard for this nightmarish finale, this fourth, what he calls a fourth act. I was thinking about John Carpenter. John Carpenter said it too, but uh, anyway. Yeah, and John Carpenter didn't play that trick for a while. Yeah. That he pretty much, at this point anyway, he was pretty much in the movie, and the movie was over. Yeah. So we have yet to talk about this movie, well, by the way. <laughs> yeah, we haven't quite there. <laughs> um, I don't know, Mitch, did you have something more before you, we actually got into No, 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 here? go ahead. Go, go. Well, I, I mean, there isn't a ton going on. Like, maybe there's more, once we get into the discussion, there's more than it looks like it has. But one of the things I was going to ask you guys is what exactly how do you interpret you now Ripley's in the in the closet here she's kind of taken inventory of the situation the panic is seems to have kind of melted off a little bit like how do you read uh, Scorny Weaver's performance here and exactly what they're trying to tell us about Ripley in this short moment 
with this kind of high angle shot down on her and her eyes kind of glassing over. What, what do we think's happening with Ripley here? I, at first, I was almost wondering if she was like almost hypnotized by what she was seeing because you've got the strobe kind of going and her eyes, she almost seemed glazed over it. And I couldn't tell if she was curious or if she's just kind of in shock or, but she seemed almost hypnotized by what she's looking at and like she can't turn away. Yeah, it's almost like I, it's more about like the moment, like just like like the audience. We've just been freaked out, and we with her are kind of like, okay, let's breathe. There's a goddamn alien stuck on the wall over there. <laughs> He's on this thing with me. I thought I had escaped. I thought the movie was over. You know, she's just kind of like I mean, because yeah, I mean, if you look at her, I'm looking at her right now. She could be yeah. It, it is like she's hypnotized. It's like it's like I can't believe what's happening. I still have to deal with this alien. <laughs> oh my god. I, I thought that she, they they show her for the first time, really, especially in this scene here. She's like very slowly saying, I'm not going to go down like a punk. Mm-hmm. I'm going to collect my thoughts. That, oh, hey, there's a spacesuit right here. That's a good <laughs> idea. Yeah. And And I just watched that minute again. And there's an incredible, uh, Sigourney Reaver does this incredible acting job where she's kind of looking to the right and then her eyes dart over. And you're like, she's like, the suit. Yep. <laughs> and you're yeah. like, okay. And I think it's a, a really well acted uh, scene. And yeah. it's showing her, it's now she's marshalling all her smarts and her strengths. And she really appears to be uh, just a very strong character now. Well, and and uh, not losing her cool under pressure. It's grace under pressure. And that's a, I think the other thing that it does in this minute is it plays around with this idea of what is she looking at? We can't see what she's looking at. We're watching her look at something. And then every so often we get to see what she sees. And like the whole movie is about looking anyway. Like the camera itself is always looking at everybody. And there's so many times when characters are looking off screen, you can't see what they're seeing. So it seems like this is revealing little bits and pieces of this alien. You know, first we saw its hand and then we kind of see its face kind of comes out. And then and then we start to see the head start to emerge. And we're always cutting back to her, you know, as and so we are her. We are experiencing this shitty situation with this thing across the room from us. I have two ways of looking at this, and it includes everything everybody has said. But there's one there's a physiological thing that I think is happening here, or at least I suspect is I think she ran. She just ran out of adrenaline finally. Like, I think after all the shit that's gone down on the Nostromo and then the biggest jump scare you could ever imagine, I think she peaked adrenaline and it's, it's gone. I think she's just in shock yeah. as she's just come down. Yeah. And I think that's to her benefit because then she can look out and take inventory and say, hmm, what am I going to do now? Then everything you guys said fills in the blanks there for me. From a like a trope, a cinema trope point of view. I think now we're we're down we're on the street in front of the saloon and it's just six guns and that's it because up to now yeah up to now we've had air vents and ships and other crew members and cats and flamethrowers and anything you can imagine all mixed up into the conflict and now we're on one ship and all it is is her and that alien and that's where we we finally boiled it down reduced it to this there's that moment Right before the look that Jared just mentioned, like, you know, she's in the closet and she notices the suit. But right before that, there's a shot of her from outside of the closet where she's sort of receding from the from the window. Mm-hmm. And she's kind of like, like, just sort of stepping back into the door. And, and she's got a little bit of a more of a like a look of resolve on her face. Like, 
she's sort of stepping back like, okay, so this is how it is. Now I got to figure this out. And it is, it is, it's like that. Yeah. Like, you know, she's, she's, she's strapping on her six gun, like you said, and yeah. she's, uh, like, I think that's the moment where she's, she doesn't know what she's going to do yet, but she's like, okay, I've, I've got to deal with this. Yeah. And at that, at that point, we're outside of that closet looking in on her, which is really weird. We're like out with the alien now. He's like right behind us. And, and that's, yeah. that's a pretty yeah. strange place to be. I'd rather be inside the closet with her. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, are we supposed to get the feeling like, so if this is an alien point of view shot, are we supposed to go, oh shit, she's going to be about business here. In I, think it's our po- I think it's our point of view. I don't think it's the alien. I think the alien's behind us. Right. I think we don't want to oh, be out I get there. You. I'm just, I'm reaching a little bit for an idea. But. Hey, John says there's a bunch of hatchets or axes in the closet and I, I have never seen them. Did you guys see? I'm just looking at it right now. I just noticed okay. it. There's one right on the wall next to her. How many do yeah. you count, Tom? I, I only see one right now. You only see but, one? Uh, Okay. I mean, one's, one's plenty. That's oh, no, what no, there are two. Oh, there's like an axe and maybe a hammer or something. There's, But yeah, there are two. In this minute, there's two hatchets. In the last minute, yeah, you're right. three hatchets. No, there are. <laughs> listen, listen, the alien understands English. <laughs> like a hatchet is not what you're looking for. No, no. But something well, happens. You're going to get splattered with acid if you go with the hatchet. That's right. We were just That's discussing, true, in the last minute, we were discussing why in the hell... Would you have three hatchets on a spaceship? <laughs> but I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna point out that there is now only two hatchets. Uh, just a small continuity error. No need to really talk about that. <laughs> so okay, so we get a shot. I mean, we have this wide shots of the alien head um, starting to sort of peek out, and then we go to a close up of the alien, specifically the alien's hands. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you guys make of this little shot? A lot of the times when you see the alien, it's very, especially that one time, I think right after he's killed uh, uh, Parker and he's turning back his attention to Lambert and there's that one crazy, really cool, creepy shot where it almost looks like he's on a dolly or something and he's just sort of like drifting towards her and his hands are kind of doing the sort of like, like he's doing a fan dance or something. (laughs) He's kind of like doing this very, (laughs) and and that's kind of what this feels like. And, uh, but I don't know why he's like, he's so relaxed and so just kind of hanging out in there and biding his time. He's not in a rush to go eat her or kill her or anything. And it's, I, <laughs> I'm wondering if he's like, is he stuffed from eating Lambert? And he's just sort of like, <laughs> Oh, just give me a minute. I'm going to loosen my belt. I'm going to hang out. In here. <laughs> I'll get to what? you lady. Just give me a minute. <laughs> I think I, the whole point of that when they show his hands is that he's, he's being an alien. He's unfamiliar. But at the same time, he's familiar and that you're like, oh, there's his head. That's his mouth. And there, those are his hands. And then so he's recognizable as something that's frightening and horrible. But at the same time, he looks uh, he's sort of human ish, kind of. He's really he's slimy, too. He's got He's slime on his glittery. Ah, but, yeah. th- but that's yeah. like a lot of people I know. <laughs> <laughs> and the nails, those nails are, they're long, but they're nicely manicured, it seems. They're very yeah. sharp. <laughs> but the like second time when they go back nails. to that shot, you can't even quite tell what's the fingers and what's the, like, the ship. I mean, it, again, it's that weird yeah. camouflage yeah. of, like, is it a machine mm-hmm. or is it organic? And it's... <laughs> It's pretty unpleasant, is what it is. It, well, you know, it goes right back to the Geiger uh, paintings that all this stuff came from. Yeah. Like all that stuff kind of melds together, yeah. like machines and bodies, and yeah. 
one thing I was going to say about these hands is somewhat critique the performance here because okay, so they kind of they really slowly slither up the side, right? And it's really kind of odd. It's kind of awkward to me. It feels a little bit uh, kind of heavy-handed performance-wise. No pun intended, actually. And a Bella Lugosi kind of <laughs> like. <laughs> it's like I had Count Floyd well, from SCTV. <laughs> Ooh, scary stuff, kids. Ooh, look at the scary hands. It just gives me this weird. It gives me this weird image that they might have for that particular shot. They hired the most pretentious hand model. And they're like, we need the best for this. Get Jacques in here for this scene. I like well, the, the, the alien seems kind of proud of himself in this scene. He's, <laughs> you know, he, he beat her to the shuttle and he's moving really slowly either because he's completely satiated and now he's just on the dessert, you know, with Ripley like, yeah. eh, what the hell? I don't need to eat anybody more, you know, right. anybody else. She's not going but, anywhere. Yeah. And he's taking his time. He's uh, nefarious. <laughs> he's, oh, hey! <laughs> but he, he's like he's he's he knows he's in control, and that's what's a great scene. Both both of them are moving slowly, and they both are moving confidently. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, you see, kind of Ripley's uh, develops a plan. I don't know. That's why I was asking. I don't know what the alien's plan is here. Maybe know. something with his hands. I don't know what he's gonna do. I mean, I said he's 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 building up his mouth juices, so <laughs> it's you know it's probably not good news for Ripley. Whatever he's planning <laughs> on doing, I still can't figure out why he didn't grab her when she was right next to him. You know why he didn't just do it then? You know, she'd already yeah. given him the show. She'd already taken the clothes off, so she's moved in really close. <laughs> and I don't know why he didn't just get her right there. Yeah, the scene <laughs> almost doesn't make sense unless you. Like give him credit for being a super intelligent creature that you know knows everything and also has kind of like a kind of an asshole streak where he wants to just you know kind of tease her along and torture her a little bit with the suspense and you know spook her a little bit. Otherwise, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I figured he's about to launch into one of those famous Belloc speeches. You know, with, <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you know, when I first boarded this vessel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just thought he was, I just thought he was asleep. Like I, I thought when she screamed, she woke him up, and now he's just kind of groggy. Like he's just going. Ah, you know. <laughs> that's that's one way to look at it. I don't know. I've never really thought of it that way, but that's definitely one way to look at. it. I'm sure that's one. That's a way some people have looked at it. That would make a lot more sense. Like if it, if it thought it was hibernating, it, it was. I'm going to get in the ship. I'm going to hibernate till it gets where it's going. And then she got a little mm-hmm. too close and triggered it to wake up or something. She startled him. The boo scare isn't him being menacing. It's like, oh, shit, she scared me. It was the one that was. <laughs> that could be it. Oh, that could be it. Maybe they solved it. This could be. Yeah, this could be a good movie, like from his point of view. Like it's a horror movie and he's trying to fight off all these horrible humans that are trying to kill him the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> And we're talking about his hands, and he's talking about, like, why do they linger on her taking off her clothes? That doesn't make a ton of sense. She looks kind of goofy. I don't get it. I get it. She's a human. Okay. She's not slimy, though. It's weird. Yeah, gross. She's so dry. <laughs> well, I think we may have just exhausted this minute, you guys. Uh, you know, I had a, a, just a, an overall question for you guys, um, and we talked about it a little bit. If you'll indulge me, nobody will throw the tomatoes. Um what is the end game here for the alien? Survival. I think that's really... Right, which they say, oh, it's survival. Yeah. You're like, but this is a hell of a lot of work just to get dinner. Yeah, I mean, I, but 
the whole might- movie, you know? And what if he kills Ripley? Then what? That's He's good- like, oh, I got the shuttle now. That's the thing, <laughs> though. Great. I mean, if it if it did understand the self-destruct of the Nostromo, then it knew that it didn't have any chance there. The last-ditch effort is to get on the ship. And, you know, there, to jump ahead a little bit, there were ideas, right, Mitch, about an Alien 2, before they ever had the idea for Aliens, about uh, there being an egg on the shuttle. Isn't that right, Mitch? And yeah. then it, the shuttle would end up on Earth. I think there's a one version where the shuttle makes its way to Earth, and then the alien terrorizes Earth like Predator 2. You know, oh so there's really though to me in the end, what makes alien as a mon- the alien as a as a monster so effective is that it really just has the one motivation, which is survival. So it comes down to even if it's got very little chance getting on a spaceship, uh, heading out into space, God knows where, that's what it's going to do because that's all it knows to do. So in that sense, it's like the shark from Jaws or any of your other faceless like single-minded creatures. I mean, do we even know? I, I assume it would kill Ripley here. I mean, it kills everybody else that's in its path. And you guys have been talking a lot about it eating her, but technically there's no evidence that it eats anybody. So we don't know that that's even one of its motivations. <laughs> that's a good point. Maybe she really well, did wake to... it up. Maybe she. Maybe its plan was just to stay just there to and there. just ride home. And She's like, you're going to try to kill me now that you know that I'm here. <laughs> now you're going to try to kill me. So it's really, Jerry, perhaps... This is the alien. It's self-defense. Maybe it considers this to be self-defense. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Well, or, or I mean, especially thinking about Minute 108, maybe this is one of those Beauty and the Beast things. Like, it's like, you know, all I really want to do is ask her out. <laughs> Believe it or not, there was talk at one point that it was going to come closer and they were going to have this moment where it was looking in on her and... There was going to be this weird connection between the two of them, but uh, apparently the studio said you got to shoot this ending in two days, and they didn't have time to do it. <laughs> so that was an idea they wanted to run with that Beauty and the Beast thing. So they they just waited three more movies to kind of exactly yeah, yeah they like get there eventually, don't yeah. they? Oh, wait, I haven't seen those. Yet. <laughs> oh no! Oh shit! Sorry. <laughs> The most awkward foreplay in any movie ever. <laughs> yes, it is. probably is. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't have anything else for this minute. You guys good? She's got real small panties. There, I said it. You did. I know. That's, I know. It's been well established. I know. What are you going to do? It's 1979, man. See, okay. <laughs> Wayland, Wayland Utani, uh, standard issue women's undergarments, now, I guess. Now, Jerry, you say that. And that kind of opens up just a comment for me. When I I thought that this was normal for the time, these the size of this these underwear she's wearing. Every time I saw this movie, I was like, "Man, the seventies were weird when it came to underwear." I just I didn't think of it, <laughs> but I have not found a woman yet who thinks that this is normal at all, even for that time period. They are apparently way too small, even for 1979. Well, yeah, I mean, in a previous minute, you see that they actually serve no purpose. Like, they don't even cover anything that they're supposed to cover. It's like, why is she even bothering? That's true. I mean... (laughs) Well, one of the many mysteries of the movie remains. It was a wild time, man. It was a wild time. (laughs) Oh, uh, this is this is almost as good as listening to the Indiana Jones minute. This was hey. just great, you guys. Oh. Thank you so much for you know, coming on the show. Man, this is the end of the oh my God. this is the end of the episode. Now I'm getting a little sad. Ding. Yeah. 
<laughs> this is a lot of fun. This is a lot of fun. I was really glad. Awesome. Thank you for yeah, the invitation because I got on. to jump back in and watch the movie again for the first time. Well, <laughs> we hope that we'll get to come see you again when you guys get to uh, Temple of Doom and you'll let us come oh, on the totally. show. and Yeah, definitely. Talk yeah, about on the that list. crazy movie. <laughs> yeah, Mitch and I just saw it on the big screen like a few days ago. So oh, That's awesome. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. If that, comes <laughs> <up>. <laughs> I feel like we're not. I think I feel like the three of us aren't allowed to respond to anything that anybody sure. says about Temple of Doom yet. Like, oh, very interesting. I understand. Like, oh, sure. It's gonna be great. How about just in case anybody listening to this episode didn't already know where you guys are from? Why don't you let them know where they can find your podcast and find you on the internet in general? You have to say Pete's name. Oh, otherwise it does. Pete, where can they uh, find you? You guys on the internet. Well, if you want to find aliens and crystal skulls, you can find us at indianajonesminute.com. And of course, you can find us at alienminute.com, or uh, you can follow us on Twitter at alienminutepod, or on Instagram at alienminutepodcast. And yeah, that's going to do it for Minute 108. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 109. Jones! Jones! Jonesy! 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 That guy was toast.